Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, it's your host Travis Cronin, and we are back with Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I am joined by two hot ladies myself, Born Ginger, Became Beautiful, Miss Sarah Huron. Hello, Travis. <laughs> and the amazing Gwen Flamberg. Well, hello. How are you today, ladies? It's good to see you and, you know, spill all the tea and talk about ridiculous things celebrities have done this week. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. Um, It has been a good week. Well, let's start off this week by setting a lovely intention. Namaste. Like we are in our morning yoga Pilates class that Hailey Bieber and Kendall Jenner used to attend on Melrose. Um, This intention is not for us, but it is for a celebrity. Something we want to see them stop doing, start doing, cut out altogether, or give us, give us more. Sarah Huron, who is your intention for this week? I'm taking a um, page from Gwen Flamberg's book, and I have something to say to Miss Meghan Markle. Oh. Fighting words. I don't know if you guys checked out Archwell, Meghan and Harry's new charity website, which I just, haven't yet. It just launched. It's pretty bare so far. We have a definition for Arch and a definition for Well, and a sign up for the newsletter. Um, so we're still in the early stages. It's like TIG, the TIG part two, really. Exactly. Which brings me to my intention. Instead of Archwell, um, or in addition to Archwell, Megan, come on, girl. Just give us the TIG back. Like, we have been in quarantine for this whole time. Like, don't tell me that you haven't been working on your recipes and your hot takes and your tips for the TIG. That now, I think Archwell is more charity-based, but it like, has blog vibes. So I would prefer to either bring back the TIG or add maybe a TIG tab to Archwell. Um, mm. Just give me TIG vibes. I need the TIG, the TIG, the TIG, the TIG. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I mean, we've all been baking and cooking. She's definitely got some new recipes from the TIG. I think a little drop down would just be so amazing. And she would make us ridiculously happy because we can't shut the hell up about the TIG. She has no idea how much her probably stolen from a different cookbook blueberry scone recipe or something would make me. Like, it's just, I need it. I would too. Gwen, is yours also to bring the TIG back? You know, I really was never a TIG fan as Sarah Heron was, but... You know, I just, I, I, I can't handle the, the thirst, you know, because I agree with Sarah Heron that Artwell, yes, is 
a charity organization, but really it's like a charity organization costume for a lifestyle blog. <laughs> you know, it's like a lifestyle blog dressed up to be a charitable organization. And I, I just think it's weird. Just, you know, like stop pretending, Megan. Be who you want to be. Oh, God. All right. Well, my intention this week is for um, Adele. Um, Adele, I know, Adele just shared a behind-the-scenes photo of herself preparing for Saturday Night Live. So and to be the host. I, I know. That's going to be so amazing. It's been 12 years since she's been on the show. And I just sort of want, my intention for Adele is to give us, like, you know, I have a new body, like sexy, ridiculous outfit that's like not like sexy, even in the right ways, just because she can. And she's worked so hard on this. And she sort of deserves that, like, look at my sexy body pop star rebellion that people get to do so much. So I, I hope she turns it out with something like carnival inspired, ridiculous. I just, I want something to talk about the next day. So I hope Adele turns it out. Maybe she'll do a skit, a sketch based on WAP. Oh my God, Gwen, that is a very possibility. The Adele version of WAP would be incredible. You know, she's rapped before, so she could rap again. Now, I never shared an intention, Travis. I just commented on Sarah Heron's intention, which I agree Oh, I thought that was your intention. Please, Gwen, who is your intention for this? My intention is actually for Aisha Curry, who is very beautiful and very fabulous, but she got into a little bit of hot water this week because she posted a picture of herself in a blonde wig and she filtered it, which, you know, we all do. I like to double filter my photos. I like a Paris for a grand flip. Yep. But she got some heat for racial appropriation. And some of her fans were thinking that she didn't look like herself and she looked a little too um, altered. But of course, her husband, gorgeous Steph Curry, came to her defense and he was saying how amazing he thought she looked. And, you know, he just made a big joke about it because I think that's what those two do best and why they're so relatable is like they're just so real. But that is my intention that I would like to set for Aisha to keep it real and maybe don't over filter your photos and then you won't get in hot water. I love the Currys. Do you remember when his daughter was at his press conference and like covered up his microphone and was like, stop talking, daddy, stop talking. <laughs> so cute. <sighs> clever. Oh, oh my God. Do you know what else was clever as we dive into some work? It was just a perfect segue because I cannot wait to talk about this, was the producers at Netflix and The Crown have their evil geniuses hat on and Deadline and Variety are reporting this week that notorious recent Affair star, IRL, and in the arts, Dominic West is set to play iconic adulterer in real life and in art, Prince Charles, on the next two seasons of The Crown. They're going to recast Diana, so she will be there in that season, and the only Dominic West is going to play the cheater. Gwen Flamberg, I know you have some thoughts on this ridiculous, amazing news. I still just cannot get over this whole Dominic West, Lily James story because it's, I, I think we're in the, the middle of it. Like we're really in the thick of it. Nobody knows what's really going on with he and his wife. Like 
Are they in an open marriage? I just wish that we would get some light shed on this situation. But in terms of Crown, I just think that that is absolutely genius casting. He's a little bit like hotter and hunkier than Prince Charles. So I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really see it from a physical standpoint, but it's just like, could the Crown be getting any better press than what is happening right now that they cast the cheater as the cheater? I mean, it's pretty wild, you know? The only other person who they could have cast in that role that would have given me, like, cheater vibes would have been, like, Justin Timberlake, who, you know, he likes to stray a bit. He likes to stray and also looks good in a cap, the kind of cap that Prince Charles is known to wear when he is taking a walkabout in the countryside. Well, that is a perfect, you know, casting choice. Sarah Huron, do you have a notorious cheater who you think could take down this West spot in The Crown? Um, perhaps we can get Dean McDermott back into acting, Tori Spelling's <laughs> husband. When I think cheater, he's the first one who pops into my head. That is an amazing one. I haven't heard about his cheating scandals in a while. Thank you. I was thinking uh, Hugh Grant oh. might be lovely. He's British. He's been caught with prostitutes. He's cheated a lot. He's got, you know, Charles written all over him for me. I think that would be good. I mean, either way, I have tried to watch The Crown several times. I'm still trying. I really want to like it. I'm just a little bored. But I want to get to the Diana years because I know that'll be a little bit more exciting. And this Dominic West news, I mean, it's it's just perfect storm. Like, now I have to watch. Well, I can't tell you anything about it, but I have seen the new season of The Crown, the Diana story, and it is incredible. It is Can I skip ahead season. and just watch that and skip the first no. one? No. No. I mean, yeah, I actually, I skipped season three of The Crown and jumped right back in at season four with Diana and was very happy with the results. It is fantastic telling, and it's going to cause quite the scandal, Ooh. as they say. Um, uh, Sarah Huron, why don't you tell us about this new book? Speaking of royals, William and Harry, their broken bond. You know, we just got Harry and Meghan finding freedom, but now we're getting the behind the scenes story about Harry and William's rifts, which just seems to be getting bigger. Tell us the deal. Yes, Robert Lacey, who is actually a consultant on The Crown, he's kind of like their royal historian. Um, so it all comes full circle here. He wrote a book called Battle of Brothers. And it's similar to Finding Freedom, the stories, which makes me think we're probably getting maybe an accurate portrayal of some of the stuff that happened because there's definitely some overlap. The general consensus in both books is that Harry and William's relationship riff really started when Harry, when William expressed concern about how quickly Harry was moving with Meghan. Um, something different in this book was that apparently William called Diana's brother Charles, Charles Spencer, in to kind of help him, um, which made things worse. Quote, the result of the Spencer intervention was even more bitter explosion. Once again, Harry refused to slow down. He didn't blame his uncle. He understood why Diana's brother should want to help. Yet he was furious with his elder brother for dragging other family members into the row. Um, so that was interesting. And then the other big takeaway I got was, yeah. remember that? Christmas photo last year of yes. Charles, George, William, and the Queen. And it was like this line of succession kind yep. of photo. Well, according to Robert Lacey, um, this formal photograph was Prince Charles' idea, anxious to remote a, quote, slimmed down monarchy. But palace sources have said that Prince William was very enthusiastically supported the photo because he wanted to send his younger brother a message. It's wild. And Prince Charles has reportedly always been like hungry, thirsty for that crown, but is just sort of not well liked in the UK. 
Gwen, did you, you know, have any takeaways? I, well, I mean, in terms of just the crown and succession, you know, I think that what the world needs is like a more modern monarchy. And that's why I believe that Charles will abdicate and the crown will go right to William. We'll see if that actually happens. But, you know, I just think it's super juicy. I think that it's a real relatable story of brothers. This is like Shakespearean. It's like there is, even though William is in direct line for the throne, Harry is the brother who is known to be, or at least thought of as more charismatic, sexier. He's the one that like, you know, I just think that there's a lot of jealousy and rivalry between the two. There sure is. And I think it's sort of crazy that the monarchy in itself is built, you know, have aspirations, give people aspirations, have them something to believe and be proud of their country. And they're like, not you, Charles. You're, you're not, you're not what the monarchy's about. We Please, God, give us William and his, you know, lovely children and wife. There's, there's an even crazier story going on in the world, ladies, and it's Demi Lovato. You know, when we when we go through breakups, sometimes celebrities especially, will go on a spiritual journey, find a shaman, <laughs> take some peyote like Matthew McConaughey, which we'll get to later, and climb to the top of a hill. But Demi Lovato chose a different thing. She is allegedly chatting with aliens. So she's with this guy who has an aliens talking app that is available for $13.99 on the app store and claims to provide instructions and tools to assist you in making peaceful contact with extraterrestrial civilizations. Now, this is David Greer, who Demi Lovato went into Mm -hmm. the uh, into the desert with in Joshua Tree. And she wrote on Instagram, over the past couple of months, I have dug deep into the science of consciousness and experienced not only peace and serenity like I've never known, but also have witnessed the most incredibly profound sightings, both in the sky as well as feet away from me. This plan is on a very negative towards in a very negative path towards destruction, but we can change it together. And it gets a little bit weirder because this guy believes that if we were to get 1% of the population to meditate and make contact with the aliens, we could force our governments to acknowledge the truth about extraterrestrial life among, among us, change our destructive habits from destroying the planet. Quite the ride. Yeah, I don't really do aliens, but I guess this is her way maybe of coping with her tumultuous relationship. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying aliens aren't out there, but I'm saying they're probably not on some app that's $13.99. But hey, that's just me, a total cynic. But if there were aliens in Joshua Tree, which I've been there, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them. But if they are there, Sarah Huron, what do you think Demi Lovato would be saying to these aliens in Joshua Tree? I think she would be saying, calling all extraterrestrials. Like the ones the Spice Girls met in Spice World. I have a problem with a man named Max. I need you to take him back to space. <gasps> oh my God. Well, Sarah, I'm just, oh, yes, I'm receiving communication that the aliens have <laughs> responded to Demi Lovato. Wow. Here, yes, here is their message that I've roughly translated from their language. Leave the boys who only want you for fame and step up your own game. You can sing for all your fans around the globe, and then maybe you won't get the probe. Oh, it's like a fortune cookie. I want Demi wanted them. 
Debbie wanted the aliens to take Max, and they want her to deal with him in on Earth. Interesting. That, that is exactly what happened. And uh, Gwen, there was another celebrity uh, who is UFO obsessed this week. Uh, tell us who she was and what she saw. I mean, it really was a big week for aliens, I have to say. Miley Cyrus admitted that she had an encounter with a UFO. She was driving through San Bernardino with a friend and she claims that she saw a UFO. And in fact, she saw a being sitting on the hood of this UFO and she made eye contact with it. But then she admitted that she'd actually bought some weed wax from a guy sit, like standing in front of a van at a yeah. taco shop. So maybe it was the weed wax that had her seeing things. We don't know. You know, you should never buy your weed wax from a taco stand that is only a falafel truck purchase, Smiley. By new intention. Yeah, keep it keep it plant-based, you know? It really is really a hot week for aliens. They're just like us, except not on this planet, I guess. Speaking of alien beauty that was recently purchased, Kim Kardashian has turned 40 years old today, looking, and I mean alien beauty in the best way. Her face has never looked better, and I very much enjoy looking at I it. I bought Velour Skims yesterday. <gasps> oh my God, you know what? It is taking all of my willpower to not buy a Skims Velour tracksuit. What did you get, Sarah? I got the track, the jogger pants and the matching uh, zip-up sweatshirt. That's what I was going to get, but I just feel like, been there, done that, did it when Juicy was hot. Like, I, what color yeah. did you wear? Um, I got the one Kim was wearing in her Instagram, of course. Oh, the gray. I'm a sucker. It's like grayish purple. I, I, I'm, I am a sucker for all wow. that. Wow. I, I also reached out to her PR and tried to get them for free. So we are all in the same boat about wanting to buy like, these nope. more skins. They were like, ah, uh, thank you. We don't really need the more coverage. Feel free to purchase them on our website. No, they didn't, they didn't say that. They were they were very, very nice about it. But I do not have skims on the way to me. So Sarah, I would like skims. I have like the boob tape and the nipple covers and like think you know, skims makes me do things that I wouldn't ordinarily do, like tape my boobs. Yeah. Yes. I have the cozy, yeah. I have the cozy and then I have a few bras. It's like that I can't stop. Well, I, I want mean, the walk. If anyone is good at smoke and mirrors, boob tape, beauty, and like comfort elegance, it has made Miss Kim Kardashian. She has been, you know, boobs deep in it for about 20 years now. And she is just an expert. But and a source him, of you know, the changing face is pretty amazing to behold. So I encourage you all to go to usmagazine.com slash stylish and take a look at Kim's evolution from when she first came on the scene to now, it is pretty compelling. Yeah, it's strange what a couple dollars can do to change up that face just a lot. Well, a source close to Kim told us she's in, you know, one of the best, uh, the best times of her life. And we saw in Keeping Up with the Kardashians that her family did a special 40th birthday to her and recreated a dance they did for her when she was 10 years old, when her father late Rob Kardashian was alive and it was pretty cute. A source told us that Kim is focused on all of her brands, raising her children, and is just in the best space she has been for her 40, for, <laughs> almost, for her 40s. And I would like to take this opportunity to celebrate Kim at the Us Weekly Hot Hollywood podcast and go around and all share or perform, if you would like, 
a favorite moment that you've had from Miss Kim Kardashian West? Hmm. I have so many. I know. In- including, of course, the diamond earring. The hitting Chloe with the purse when they were fighting about the Bentley. And honestly, this is maybe mean, but I love that scene when she's crying about Chris Humphreys. When she's like, you don't think I feel sad? I feel bad. Or whatever she says with like the TikTok sound. Yes. It's iconic stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've seen every episode. All those her. pictures of her crying. I love that too. Yes. She's an iconic crier, whether she likes it or not. Oh my God. One of mine is in there too. Gwen, what is your favorite Kim Kardashian moment? I actually just love all of the fittings that she posts, you know, when she's in her fantastic closet and she's trying various things on and she snaps them for us. And it's like, they're her fittings. And it's like, I just, I'm always kind of like, Kim has a new fitting. I can't wait to see what she's wearing, you know? Yeah, they're oddly, the BTS fittings are, like, oddly, like, gorgeous. And like, really Mosaic, which is all stretched really out. So awesome. like, it's like when Chris Aguilera, like, doesn't, like, sing too hard on a song. You're like, oh, that's nice. Like, a backstage, like, Kim Kardashian photo. You're like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> um, I think my favorite moment um, to go on with Sarah Huron, love when she lost her diamond earring in, you know, the waters of Bora Bora. And Courtney reminded her that people are dying in India. And I also loved when Chloe was jealous that she got a Bentley and then she called Chris and was like, they're ugly and jealous. And then she, of course, hit her with her purse and said, don't be effing rude. (laughs) I mean, just I think we should say thank you, Kim, for all of these tiny little gifts that we have gotten in our life. One of the best parts of that the moment with the bag and the hitting is that Chloe and Courtney are sitting at the table eating Chipotle. And now they would never be eating Chipotle. Like, it's just such a period of time that the Kardashians, the last time the Kardashians were like us. Oh, my God. The last times they ever ate from, like, a fast food chain that wasn't, like, a sticky McDonald's, like, paid promotion. Yeah. Let's move on to another lady in our lives who keeps me in America going, Miss Elle Woods. Oh, my Lee God. three is finally coming back. Gwen, tell us some deets because they're looking good. I'm so effing excited for this. And here's the thing, you guys. We have to wait until May 2022, which is when it is going to premiere. But, I mean, come on. Bring Elle Woods back to me. And here's the interesting part, child. The script is being co-written by Mindy Kaling, which yes. I thought was interesting because – Mindy Kaling just has always sort of given me Elle Woods vibes, you know? She's kind of like if Elle Woods was like a comedy writer instead of going to Harvard Law School, you know, like it's so apropos. And of course, Reese Witherspoon is um, a producer. Yeah, with Hello Sunshine, you're right. Mindy Kaling does give me Elle Woods like oh, head yeah. voice vibes. Yes. And the other guy who's writing the script did like Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Exactly, exactly. Eric Gore, something like that. What is his name? I think it's Eric Gore. He's Mindy Kaling's number two. We're all about women this year. The man's the supporting who would not have to remember. That's right. That's right. But, you know, we've said a lot of times in the podcast that this is what's going to really save our year, but this is what's going to save 2022. Thanks, <laughs> Elle Woods. I love Elle Woods. We all need something to look forward to. We sure do. Well, Gwen, why don't you also tell us what Queen Elizabeth is not looking forward to Prince Harry going home for the holidays. He is. The source tells us that this year, Harry is likely to be going home for Christmas for the Queen's Christmas lunch at Sandringham, which is traditionally what the royals always do. It is still TBD, though, if Meghan will be joining him. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I bet you she's not going to be joining him. However, I think that the queen and Prince Philip, who's like 99, should (laughs) 
end the holidays with baby Archie. You know, I mean, I think that um, the pandemic really threw a wrench into Harry and Meghan's whole leaving the royal family plan. Yeah. Because I do think that their intention was to travel between the U.S. and the U.K. A, a little bit more frequently. But because of the pandemic, they've had to stay put. However, you know, last year for Christmas, they just ditched the royal family and stayed in Vancouver. So this year, Harry will be with the royal family, according to sources. I hope that that sticks. But, you know, I doubt that old Megs is going to get it up to not be the center of attention. What well, do you think, Sarah? Well, when it was like, it was so, at first sources were saying Prince Harry was definitely going, Meghan was TBD, and now the sources are sort of rolling it back a little bit, saying they don't know if even Harry is going to go because of the two weeks quarantine on either side. So it's still, like, very up in the air that anyone will be going to the Queen's estate for... Listen. Harry better get his butt across the pond to spend Christmas with his grandmother, who is not a spring chicken. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Something tells me I don't think they're gonna go at all, and I think that's gonna be really bad. I absolutely agree. Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast is proudly sponsored by Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem is a leader in the weight loss industry, having helped millions of people lose weight over the course of more than 45 years. Do you feel like in these times of social distancing and working from home, that weight gain has been creeping up on you with all of those takeouts and snacks? This is where Nutrisystem can help you get back on track. The great thing about Nutrisystem is that it does all your calorie counting for you. The plans are designed by nutrition experts and provide you with the right balance of nutrients and the right amount of calories to help you lose weight safely. Nutrisystem is simple and convenient and it's great getting delicious, filling meals delivered right to your door every week for way less than you would spend on takeout or delivery and it's much healthier. All the meals are quick to prepare and a delicious breakfast is as easy as grabbing a snack bar or a muffin on your way out of the door. All you need to do is follow the perfectly portioned meal plan. It's reduced the stress of meal planning and shopping, and I'm eating so much better. There's a wide variety of recipes, and I save so much time as meals come together quickly, which is way less stressful and time-consuming than going to the grocery store. Nutrisystem has really exceeded my expectations. My favorite foods are the broccoli and cheddar pilaf rice, delicious, and all of their chocolate-covered oatmeal morning snack bars. They are so easy to grab and go in the morning, and I really can't get enough of them. And I can assure you that it's a great program for those looking for a complete plan to lose weight and stay healthy. Order Nutrisystem now. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash usweekly and get 50% off. Again, that's Nutrisystem.com slash U-S-W-E-E-K-L-Y to get 50% off. Now back to the show. Well, speaking of home dates, Sarah Huron, why don't you give us, you know I only like the Sparks notes and the highlights because the show is far too long, but um, give us some ridiculous moments about Claire's awkward first dates. From what I've been hearing, it's been sort of a lovely mess. Yeah, it was pretty much the cringiest episode of The Bachelorette in a really long time. If you want your full breakdown, of course, go to Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons Bachelor podcast. A lot of, lot of talk on there about how uncomfortable this episode made me and my guests, um, you know, we started off with some love languages, which was very uncomfortable because Dale was on that date. And, you know, Dale's the front runner. And when Dale and Claire were doing their physical touch portion of the five love languages, um, it was pretty hard for everyone else in the room to um, 
feel comfortable. Um, they were then blindfolded we, and like groping each other in the middle of the stage. And like smelling each other. There was not kissing, which I, you know, was a probably smart because if I think if they started, they wouldn't have been able to stop. Then our one-on-one date was this like over-the-top writing letters to our younger self and burning things and talking about all of our past toxic relationships. And I was like low-key terrified of Jason, the guy who was on the date who said that he's in previous relationship, he's been described as manipulative, cold, and mean. Okay, so, like, he that's... looks like the like American psycho too. Yeah, he as he was talking about all these like negative things, which was the question, it was like a prompt, but I was like, why are they doing this? You need to do the interview type thing where you like shift it. People right. say that I'm just so intense with how much love I give. Like that's a negative that, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta play the game. Like why was he offering up all these horrible characteristics about himself? Yeah. You don't ever want to say everyone I dated thinks I'm crazy. Right. And then we <laughs> had the second group date, which was very controversial. It was strip dodgeball. Um, the internet is divided. Are we objectifying these men? Is that okay? I mean, last season we had the laundry pillow fight, which didn't go over well. Now it's we had 2020. The contest that all the RuPaul's drag queens hosted, which I loved. More male objectification, please. We have to balance this out. Yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting because there was a lot of anger about it, but I don't. I, I they did do the laundry pillow fight, so it's not like they don't do it on right. both shows. I'm a little bit more of the mindset like, all right, it's 2020. Like maybe we didn't need to go all the way to like the thong stripping i don't know and then the guys just like never got dressed afterwards it was bizarre it was just uncomfortable then there was that guy brandon who like admitted he didn't even know anything about claire so she sent him home it was just like a hot mess of an episode i really didn't think that she looked great i think she needs a better stylist i just don't i don't know i'm not into it i agree too i think her looks are like really underwhelming and she has such a great body and they just don't do anything for her figure her face has looked amazing, like her face and hair, yeah. like her makeup, especially in the Palm Springs heat. But yeah, I don't really know what they're... And she burned that bad dress she wore on one Pablo breakup, so I was happy to see that go. Oh, and now same. she's getting in trouble because she said on the episode that she had never been to prom because no one asked her. And then this woman posted yearbook photos of Claire at prom with her husband. But now Claire is saying that that wasn't prom, that was like a different dance. So there's like all this whatever, but those receipts, they always find a way. It's true. I, I am, <clears throat> it's such drama, but like, you know, there's like a formal and a prom. I feel like she was only like a little lying, but things don't work out with any of these bachelor guys. She has a new potential love interest, ladies. And I think you're going to be surprised at who it is. Miss Carol Baskin. Because if, you know, Carol Crowley decides, <laughs> what, what? News of the week I can't get over. <laughs> so if, you know, any of those guys don't work out for Claire, she could get with, the, you know, a nice alliteration name, Miss Carol Baskin, who just came out as bisexual. She told Pink News, love that she went to an LGBTQ site for it. She said, I have always considered myself to be bisexual. Even though I've never had a wife, I could have easily had a wife as a husband. In the interview, she also shared that she was exploring her sexuality in the 80s when she was engaged to a psychologist who was working with patients in the LGBTQ community who had been affected by the HIV crisis. I was always very male-oriented in the things I did, Carol said. I had never had any mothering instincts or anything. I never played with dolls, and I always thought there was something off there, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Sounds like she put her finger on it in the 80s, and now she's coming out as bisexual. No one's surprised. I just find it real interesting. And I think that Carol Baskin, 
on her use of sardine oil is just slippery. She's slippery, you know? Like, what, what she's just going to shock. What is she going to shock us with next? Well, I'm so for any celebrity coming forward with their, you know, sexual exploration and, you know, being really admitting about that. I think it's really great to normalize that. But in terms of someone who thought to have killed their husband, it's just like, a, it's, it's, it's a little extra strange. Sarah Huron, let's get into some book stuff because I listened to some podcasts that uh, Matthew McConaughey was on this week talking about um, his new book. And why don't you give us some, you know, highlights about All Right, All Right, All Right. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, this like almost 600 page book um, was the most chaotic thing I've ever read. And I didn't even read it. I just read the highlights. Um, but Matthew McConaughey wrote a book and he talked a lot about his childhood, which I thought was really interesting. His parents had a very unconventional relationship. They were married and divorced three times. Then his dad died having sex with his mom. Oh God. And they have wow. like a, um, what? Wow. I know. <laughs> It's insane. Um, and they also just had a bizarre, like kind of a toxic relationship. He recalled one night when his mother broke his dad's nose and held a knife up to him. And then after that like big fight, they slept together. So it was very like tumultuous. Then he spoke a little bit about some of the stuff he went through, um, including the first time he had sex, which he said he was blackmailed into. And then he spent a bunch of years worried he was going to go to hell for having premarital sex. He and him and his dad had a few like violent encounters. And he said he finally became a man in his dad's eyes the day he beat up a bouncer who like got in his dad's face. Like there's just was a lot of violence. But the thing that was so interesting about this book is that everything I was reading, the passages I was reading from it, he wasn't writing about it like poor me or like, oh, right. my, my childhood was so hard. It was more just like, these are the facts. I still love my parents and I'm a, good person and things are okay now. And I was like, wow, usually this would become off in such a, like a traumatic way, but he wrote about it in a much more like, this is just what happened and I'm better for it. Um, and he wrote a lot about the rom-coms he did. I thought it was really interesting that he turned down one in 2010 for um, $14.5 million. Like, I think he could have done one more personally, but. I do too. And he was talking about that, you know, he bought that his rom-coms paid for his Malibu mansion that he was always working out shirtless. And then he stopped being top shirtless because he was only getting those roles. And then once he stopped running the beach shirtless, he got mud and could do Dallas Buyers Club and get that Oscar. But I just think the true gift of this book to the world is that, yes, Matthew McConaughey did record the audiobook by himself. So you can listen to Matthew McConaughey telling you about Matthew McConaughey in that voice. And that sounds like a lovely way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Don't you think so, Gwen? All right, all right, all right. I can't <laughs> wait to listen to it. I love him. <laughs> they keep, I keep getting older and they say the same age. <laughs> Well, guys, there's one more topic we have to talk about because it was a heated, heated discussion in the Marvel Cinematic World and also the Celebrity World when there was a poll on Twitter, which there have been a lot of these polls, to be honest, about who is the best Chris. These Chris's are, of course, Chris, Hems Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Chris Pratt. And when you line those guys up, I mean, not to judge a book by its cover, but Twitter users are most likely going to say Chris Pratt is, yes, the worst Pratt. But a ton of celebs came to his side, including his wife, Catherine Schwarzenegger. And she says, is this really what we need? There's so much going on in the world. People are struggling, struggling in so many ways. Being mean is so yesterday. Okay, Hillary Duff. 
seriously. I thought it was a Hillary Duff reference. And then Robert Downey Jr. Um, shared a picture of himself working with Pratt and said, what a world. The sinless are casting stones at my hashtag brother, Chris Pratt, a real hashtag Christian who lives by hashtag principle and has never demonstrated anything but hashtag positivity and hashtag gratitude. Um, Zoe Saldana, Mark Ruffalo, everyone came to his defense. I mean, what do you guys think? Was this like mindless, like really fun? Or was this like sort of mean because Chris Pratt just can never be as hot as the other Chris is? I have so many things to say. First <laughs> of all, in my <laughs> ranking, it goes Evans, mm-hmm. Hemsworth, Pine, Pratt. Oh, you put Pine above Pratt. I forget yes. about Pine all the time. Have you ever seen Princess Diaries too? I have. Great role. Yeah. So he is, in fact, the worst Chris. Um, he was great in Parks and Rec, but that's all I'll give him. Um, he, this whole thing is absurd that he, you know, they took it too seriously. Like it would have gone away and it's just like a joke people make. And if Chris Pratt, a millionaire with a wife and kids is crying about a Twitter poll, then he has other issues. And his wife making it like, this serious topic about like bullying and stuff. It's like, Oh my God, come on. Like they're making it way too big of a deal. But also correct me if I'm wrong. One of the reasons they were like coming to his defense and sort of like apologizing or not apologizing, like praising him. Wasn't there also something about there was like a, a rally for Biden and he was the only Avenger who didn't go or only like Marvel guy who didn't go. Yes. That is definitely how it started and Mm -hmm. how, you know, they were, and they like brought his like faith into it, which I think was like a little, unfair to do to him i also think it's you know i'm all for you know we host this podcast i'm cheeky all the time but i think it's a little rough that chris pratt you know lost so much weight and gained so much muscle for guardians of the galaxy (laughs) and they still make a joke in the movie about him where the little raccoon uh played by bradley cooper I know, played by Bradley Cooper, says you're one sandwich away from fat. So it's sort of like, it's sort of like a little bit of body body shaming. So, you know, I don't want anyone to be, you know, hounded by their like religious or size weights. Okay, that's that's fair. I don't support body shaming or religion shaming either. (laughs) Oh, it sounds like it, Sarah. And I'm looking at it as like- I'm going to pull up some tweets from 2014. No, I was looking at it overall as like, which Chris do you like in general based on their looks and their acting and their roles and their, you know, their personal life? Like, who do you support? Who's funny on Instagram? Who's this? Like, not just like in general. And in my opinion, Evans is by far the best one. And Pratt falls a little short as an overall collective celebrity. Does that mean he's a bad person? Of course not. Do I know him? Absolutely not. But I, it's my prerogative to rank the Chris's, and that's where they, they fall. And since I'm, you know, have any say in the world, that's important. All right. You convinced me, Sarah Heron. Um, uh, Gwen, who are your favorite Chris's as we rank them? I mean, I kind of really like Chris Pratt. I think he's really funny. Like, I don't want to know from his political leanings or any of that, but he's, like, hilariously funny. And... I actually think that Chris Pine is hotter than Chris Evans, but I'm going to go Pratt, Pine, Evans. That's how I'm ranking the Chris. What about Hemsworth? Oh, Hemsworth is number one. He's hotter than Chris Pratt. He can swing that hammer my way anytime he wants. And you know what I'm saying, don't you, Sarah Heron? I do. You know, I just think it's a little mean to like compare people who have the same names because like in terms of Gwen Stefani, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Gwen Flamberg, Travis, who would you put on top? I would put Gwen Flamberg, number one. I would put, uh, ooh, this is tough. I'm actually going to put Gwyneth Paltrow, number two. 
and Gwen Stefani, number three. And I never thought I would say that, but I, I think they sort of switched in terms of like realness and becoming their own identities. Like Gwyneth has like accepted hers and Gwen has sort of gotten, Gwen Stefani has gotten further away from herself. So I'm shocking myself by saying that. Yeah, like Sarah, it. Like- not. Favorite Gwen's right now. Wow. Um, um, wow. This is this is just such a tricky situation. I'm literally googling other people with the name Gwen because I was going to try to make a joke. Um, but obviously, <laughs> Gwen Flamberg is my number one. But you know, as someone who has the same name as someone who was on The Bachelor, I do know what it's like yeah. to be confused. There was a Sarah Heron on The Bachelor, and as a, it's my cross to bear in life that she'll always be more famous than me. But you know, we we this is the we all have to get through it. If Chris Pratt, if I can get through it, Chris Pratt can get through it. Thank you for being so brave and sharing your story, Sarah Marie. You're wrong. Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys, it is time for 25 things you do not know about me, and you guys do know <laughs> about this lady. So I'm hoping. Oh God, I just gave away the gender. All right, little hand. <laughs> so you guys do know about this lady and already have a one up on the competition, which is just yourselves. So let's start. Number one. When I was little, I wanted to be a dancer. That really narrows it down. Number two. Morning is my favorite time. Sunday is my favorite day. Spring is my favorite season. Number three. I could watch E.T. forever. That little alien still makes me tear up. Number four. If I wasn't acting, I'd be an event planner. Number five, I was valedictorian of my private school. Of course, there were only 50 kids. Number six, creamy peanut butter, not chunky shaming. Number seven, I knew I was in love with my husband when he performed an invisible hula hoop dance. Picture it. Number eight, I never went to college, but I would totally go later in life. Go granny. Number nine, I had chickens growing up and no, I didn't live on a farm. Number 10, I am a neat freak. Number 11, I am addicted to smart water. Number definitely the peg for this article. Number twelve. And I'm Brianna Stin. No, but good guess. Number twelve. I grew up by the beach, but don't know how to surf. Number thirteen. My perfect day would begin with my daughter's smile and end with making dinner at home with a nice glass of vino and then going to bed early. My daughter blank inspired my baby furniture and bedding line with Lonnie Paul. Mm. Number fifteen. My grandparents were married 65 years. My parents at are at 47. Every year, my husband and I drive an RV to Texas to visit his family. Number 17, even after 30 hours of labor and a C-section, my daughter's birthday, June 15th, 2010, was still one of the best days of my life. Her my favorite singer is David Gray. Who'd you say? But her, her daughter's 10 now, is all I said. Yeah, her daughter is 10. My favorite singer is David Gray. Wait, who'd you say, Gwen? Courtney Cox. No, but same hair color. Um, my favorite vacation was my honeymoon to Greece. Number 20, I've always wanted to go to Ireland. So go. Number 21, I'm a sixth generation. Jenna Dewan. Who? Jenna Dewan. No. Oh, but getting closer in terms of facial looking. Um, number 22. Jessie Jay. Just kidding. She's not a daughter. No. I gave up caffeine when I was pregnant. Number 23. I feel very fortunate to be able to say I love my job. My mom gave blank, which is her daughter, her middle name, Ren. And number 25 are things that make me laugh. My husband, my daughter, and Edie Lizard. Izzard. Izzard? Lizard? Probably Izzard. Eddie Izzard? Eddie Izzard. Yes, she You're loves so Eddie. You're terrible with names. It's hilarious. Well, you're terrible at guessing this 25 things. You got an answer? <laughs> um, and I'm going to give you another hint, ladies, which should really turn it up. This actress took over um, for another famous Tiffany actress. Amber Thiessen. Yes. 
Yes. yes. God, I didn't even make it through the second half of the clue, but you are so hot on the 90210 old school storylines. I really am. Wow. This is exciting. I haven't won in a long time. Her daughter, Harper. Okay. It's all coming back to me now. Yes. Yes. Harper was all the ones that I planked. And you will be getting a mystery prize, which is me giving you a kiss through the screen. Oh, kiss me through the phone. A kiss you through the phone, Soldier Boy reference, just for you, Sarah, here on the second. And that is all the time we have today, guys. Thank you so much for chatting about all of these insane royals, aliens, um, bisexuals, and everything in between. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell an enemy. Why not? Reach out, mend a bridge, and say, have you listened to the Us Weekly Hot Hollywood podcast? I think that's a really great olive branch. And, you know, tune in next week for another episode of Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.